1: Hello and welcome to the Monday Night Raw preview. I'm Michael Hamflick from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidrick from What Culture to preview everything that might happen on tonight's edition of Da Red Brand. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing and Sidrick isn't, make sure to subscribe <laughs> to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and YouTube. Mm. For daily wrestling podcasts, we're not only previewing and review Raw, but also Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! oh! AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have wrestling interviews, hold roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Sige. It is the uh, penultimate Raw before old uh, Chris Kringle drags his fat ass down the chimneys. And yeah, it's absolutely goaded. It's huge. Tonight, CM Punk returns to Cleveland. Ooh, Ooh. For the first time since 2014, back when the view never changed, but it has now, because tonight he's going to make his decision. Is he going to sign for Monday Night Raw? Is he going to sign for SmackDown? Or is he going to sign on the dotted line with NXT? Are you waiting with Bated Breath like me? Or is he just signing for Raw? He's signing
2: for Raw. Yeah. The NXT thing's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's, like the, it's like, he's not going to do this. <laughs> why, I know why you are telling me that he's considering this. It's to get me to watch the show. Mm. It's to go, oh, CM Punk likes this. Maybe I like it too. Hang on, I was going to you know do something else on uh, Tuesday night, but I think at 8, 7 Central, I don't know let over to the USA Network and see if, <laughs> uh, see what uh, Phil likes about this so much. Yes, he's signing for Raw. Uh, I had a point to make then. Yes. Don't know my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so SummerSlam and the, uh, the bit between SummerSlam and Survivor Series is typically a bit uh, not that great. And then Survivor Series happens and you're like, right, well, January is goaded because it's yep. rumble season. But then December, no one cares about wrestling in December. You know what was a low key
1: WWE masterstroke? That time they knocked over Santa with a car?
2: Yes. But for
1: all of those years, Mm.
2: having Survivor Series be the uh, event at which there's a major debut. Yeah. Because it always needs a bit of a kick in the arse. There's always just something like The Shield, Mm -hmm. December 2012, was unbelievable because of The Shield. Like there's been, you know, a game changing character as for almost half of Survivor Series' existence, just here he is. Mm. And Punk is probably the best version of that. Yeah. Maybe ever. We'll see how... At like The Shield, I loved The Shield so much. That TLC match. I, I was just in love with it at the time. I, was just like you, I needed this. Yep. Needed this out of you. And um, So it's a bit different. because I don't need Punk, as we've mentioned several times, but it's uh, it's given me a, a reason to actually want to not die when i'm watching <laughs> wwe in december i don't think it should be as easy particularly given this promo we got on smackdown mm-hmm. where the idea is punk is meant to be conflicted he's got scores to settle everywhere it's cm punk he's got ambitions everywhere it's cm punk the roman and kevin Owens stuff was so oh i don't think you're gonna get to these yet or at all yeah I kind of want you to sign for the blue brand and all the exciting action on uh, Fox. That's right.
1: On Friday night. It's not even a bit like I do really want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 so we check out our SmackDown review, by the way, for... actually enthusiastic. A longer-form discussion on CM Punk and the future of Punk. But, so prior to SmackDown on Friday night and then Punk laying out all of these potential feuds as gracefully as he did... I had a a chat with Wilborn on our SmackDown preview where I thought it would play out a certain way, and I still think it can tonight, but it doesn't exactly jive with your fantasy booking. So I'll give you my scenario, because I haven't really talked about this, and then you can repeat some of what you said on SmackDown about maybe how it'll factor in tonight. I think that contract that Nick Aldis handed over to CM Punk, after listening to the promo, has within it a spot in the Royal Rumble. Welcome to SmackDown. Here's your first thing, mate. Thanks for coming. Bit of, uh, what is it, cherry on the ice and on the top of the cake. Coming as a W brand into the Rumble, you go, yeah. and Punk's going to tell.
2: Expect him to be in the
1: Rumble either way. Well, they haven't, you know. Only Cody Rhodes has announced his. Maybe he'd have to win a qualifier, typically, but he's just been able to skip past that step. And uh, skip s- past
2: the queue with, uh, you know, <coughs> Johnny Gargano, the Boogeyman, yeah, right. Johnny
1: Gargano. So all this is said. I've heard in the Hurricane. I've heard your aspirations, and I want to help you achieve them. And then Punk's, you know, he says this to. Postman Pierce, and Postman Pierce says, I understand that you want a main event WrestleMania, and the easiest way to do that is to uh, win the Royal Rumble and fight the world champion. I got an easy way. Be the world champion. Sign this contract tonight, and you get a world title shot at the Royal Rumble, and that's the route into Seth Rollins. And I thought, and I still think, I think that Rollins and Punk for the belt is the way to go. I think it's an unbelievable like mouthwatering proposition, genuinely unpredictable yeah. because you'll be able to find the arguments for both on the night. Huge ramifications because you either want to be a champion or you want to be a top challenger going into WrestleMania because that dictates where you're going to sit on the card. The politics that we know are happening behind the scenes, I, it, that's a captivating match whenever they book it, but for the Rumble especially. But then you've like thrown a bit of a spanner into my creative works and our discussion on the SmackDown review with something that I think would be equally just as effective regarding Seth Rollins and Punk specifically. So, like, do you think tonight, if Punk gets what he wants in moving to Raw, he doesn't get Seth?
2: Well, here's how I would book it. I mentioned on the SmackDown review, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts, you get it wherever you listen to now, Mm -hmm. just listen to the SmackDown one as well. That's right. That's right. I would book this CM Punk character in a kind of um, catch-them-all way. In that I mean you don't want to completely Pokemon. lean Yeah yeah Punk-y-mon. Pixar Pokemon CM Punkemon gotta catch them all <laughs> yes where basically <laughs> shut up you don't want to lean too heavily on CM Punk has become even more notorious because of the way he carried on in AEW. Mm. They don't even want to mention the initials AEW, they don't even want to acknowledge that a company called AEW exists. But, you can do quite a few things by doing that, but not making that the be-all and end-all and the primary motivation for the CM Punk character. So how I would do this is, at the start of the night, they love a hook, they love a show-long storyline on Raw. CM Punk comes out, cuts a promo, and... No, no, no. The build it for the top of the first hour or whatever. Basically, it's not at the start, but you might get more than once. Like, it's decision time, and that is your big hoop. Punk is backstage early with um, Adam Pierce who says, what side are you leaning on? As we discussed, keep it vague, mm. if you sign for Raw, these are the, you know, remember, these are all the things that are duty. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just got a lot of decisions to make. I don't like the way Kevin Owens looked at me or whatever. Yeah. Right, then Seth Rollins can have this uh, other segment as Punk is mulling over the decision, saying words to the effect of "Oh God, Phil, Phil, Phil," he's trying to get it all his own way again. he's trying to make it all about him again he's being a prima donna with all of these demands yep. collision again, and then punk. Can go, oh, you know what? I was going to sign for SmackDown, but he's being such an arsehole that I'm just going to sign for Raw and oh, yeah. fight him at some point. Yeah, Play, like, without making it the be-all and end-all. Basically, CM Punk needs, I still think, it's been so uneven. Raw, he couldn't make people believe that he was home or happy to be there. Hmm. SmackDown, through spite, because he's like, oh, I'll show you who does a crap promo Delivers a great one where he seems actually happy to be there and wanting to fight other people who are there. I think because he was so gotten to about the reaction mm-hmm. and he couldn't, he gave the game away by doing the toss the ball in the air home run gestures. So that's what a great point. I didn't think I still like. had it. Yeah. Yeah. This man, as we've discussed, in real life and the character is virtually one and the same to the real life Philip Brooks at this point. It's motivated primarily by (laughs) Spite. That is the most believable version of CM Punk. And even in a synthetic WWE landscape, you want to nail that. You want to hit upon that. You want to present the version of CM Punk that you can most believe in because he's done three appearances in this WWE comeback. I believed one of them. Mm -hmm. And I only believed that one of them because he was determined to make me believe because people said they didn't believe the first one. Yeah. It's that, this is the creeping narrative about CM Punk and WWE is that people don't really buy it. So you should motivate the character by spite, in my opinion. Like the guy just wants to, you know, light the match, flick it wherever. He just wants to see how it burns. Mm -hmm. I would lean into that aspect of the character because I think it's kind of universal. I think it's believable. And you can have the people who follow all of wrestling know this truth about CM Punk Believe it when it gets incorporated into the fiction of CM Punk's run with WWE. And you're not really alienating people who don't know about CM Punk's history with AEW, who didn't even dare watch it. They're that loyal. You're not alienating them. It's not such an arcane character choice. You're basically getting told CM Punk left 10 years ago and he hated it at the time. Mm -hmm. And now he thinks he's changed and he's back. That's the surface knowledge of WWE fans Experience of CM Punk since 2014, right? Yeah. If you have him as this sort of spiteful, I kind of hated it all along, and I will make certain decisions in character just to piss people off. I like pissing people off. That's people, WWE fans do in fact get that about CM Punk. And if you do this with Seth Rollins, where it's like, you know, what, on a whim, I'll just sign with Raw because I don't like your attitude, Seth. I need to put you in your place, stock you off your purge. Yeah. I think people can buy into that and I think it'll go some way. But well, it's a character trait. Yeah, it's it doesn't a matter about trait. anything yeah, else. Yeah, exactly, it. yeah, it's yeah. Like and I think that would go some way. How much does it matter if you're a primary AEW viewer who will catch up with WWE? Because it's fun to talk about. You like to be in the conversation. Within this bubble, that's X. Yeah. These people do not matter. And I'm not saying that you should book for these people. I'm saying you can very much help the perception of CM Punk and make him feel believable in the WWE context. If you, it's two birds with one stone stuff, you can solve that issue, which is like simmering in the background. And the thing is as well, if it means nothing to the WWE fan base, it does mean something to CM Punk. He Mm. does read, he does listen, he does get gotten to. In a weird way, if you serve that minuscule part of the audience, you kind of get the best out of CM Punk.
1: Yeah. Am I making any sense here? Yeah, like I think I don't like um or particularly respect the idea that he doesn't care. Cause I don't think in that environment He didn't I, care any about AEW in retrospect. Well, like I don't believe that a man with his professional ego could enter this He's playing a fictional character as well. Yeah, like this arena and not care. Even if what he cares about is the quality of his work and I mean that in every sense of the term, you know. I think there's a great opportunity tonight to, where maybe what SmackDown revealed was that the, uh, the reality of his AW exit is not something that necessarily draws the biggest reactions. Providence, one building, tribute to the troops, but nonetheless, I think there was a healthy lesson learned there. But what WWE can play with, and I think they should a little bit, is, especially because they're in Cleveland, like, when he walks in the building, have the camera trained on a big door that says exit, and yeah. have him open the door and walk through it. And there's like the start, of it. he mentions in the promo, all I'm saying is the last time I was in this building, I couldn't bear being here any longer. I was sick of looking at that sign every year. And a little mention of the bracket, whatever it is, nothing too inside baseball, but just enough of, look, can you not all relate to when jobs go wrong, when relationships go wrong, when yeah. time in your lives go wrong, and it's like, it took me all this time. He's mentioned, terrible promo, but so watchable nonetheless, with him and Shawn Michaels at NXT, where I was like, it's a, it's a healing process. That word felt pointed. I think he'll use that. I think that's more credible than saying, I'm home, is this idea. While, while he's still doing nice guy Phil, who's yet to snap, yeah. kick your ass, or be awful to somebody, there's an element of, and being here tonight and signing for Raw to the same building I walked out on, the same brand I walked out on, around Royal Rumble season, no less, it's all about healing. And for me to heal, it's to come here, it's to work that Royal Rumble, it's to be in the main event of WrestleMania. These are no different than any other pro wrestling characters. It's no different to finish the story, is it? Yeah. Then what you've done is you've brought those two together, and I think that's the way, personally, I think that's the way you fold a reality that the WWE core fan base cares most about with him. Like, it's not a... Have we had a, like, when we were younger, right, The Ultimate Warrior came back in 1996, and it was just different then, so it was like, you got a voiceover going, and he disappeared, and now he's back, yeah. <laughs> and he's a warrior. And there was not, a warrior. there was absolutely no chance of them going, uh, I uh, held Vince up for a fortune, and then he did it again, and there was drugs, and there was all sorts of, and don't get me started on the yeah, steroid trial, dodgy, anyway. Dodgy doctor from Blighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's WrestleMania against Triple it, age. It, it, it was yeah. just like, it's a, warrior guy, look over here. Like, it's different now, isn't it? Like, if you don't know the story, Punk can give you a little version of it. Yeah. Then you can go on your computers in your mom basement and read up on the whole thing and let, you know, you can sort of fill in the rest. I think there's like a nice, I think there's a way to get that reality element of it right.
2: Yeah. it's The whole discourse surrounding CM Punk, which I, I know we try not to do it too much when you're in the weeds on Twitter, it is a bit hard. Um, But like, I think it's just, a lot of it's so overstated everywhere, but that's what happens with CM Punk in every single direction. And he's happy for that as well. Yes. This uh, take that oh, have forgotten who he is. I think it's a little bollocks. I understand that the, the audience is different. They like different things, they no longer protest. And I've made the point personally that a lot of the uh vocal vocal minority no, it wasn't the minority, like realistically, a lot of people went to AEW. Yeah. Like a lot of those fans. So I do get it. But like Cody Rhodes only left two years after Punk. Mm-hmm. They didn't just start watching in, like, 2016. No. And if they did, then they wouldn't have received Cody Rhodes as this uh, returning hero who just needed to do one more thing to prove himself capable of leading the machine, you know?
1: Anecdotally, a lot of people like we've interacted with through this job use the pipe-bam as their, like, year zero for pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, that was a thing, wasn't it, uh, for a lot of young people? So I don't people think they've right
2: forgotten there. about them. I just think they don't really care about things that happen in AEW, but I think it motivates Punk, and you can do it without it being this arcane thing that audiences don't react to.
1: Um I certainly don't think I have to will try it again. No. I think he's too smart to know when he's and where to smarter. drop those lines. And I do like the idea of, like, if, if we talk about shoot Spike the Mova, it's a good promo. K-Fib yeah. Spike... Motivating the decision is a smart one. Try and keep these things together.
2: Yeah, keep them together. It it needs to be a KFA fight at this point. He can't come in as the guy who... He's kind of clever in a way that I don't think a lot of the critics of this very, very early brief WWE return are giving him credit for. He knew in 2011 that the company was the heel. Mm. Spotted it before anybody else realistically. Not the fans, but certainly the the, the boys. He knows that it's the baby face so when he's come back he's like oh i've changed i had to do some changing and maturing and now um oh, it's a part of a healing process like he knows where his bread's put it's just mm-hmm. not terribly convincing but again if you can just get motivated by spite
1: pretty much every step of the way you can do something with this cody rhodes on the other hand actually has a feud to keep him busy before the royal rumble uh, but it's happening tonight. Mm-hmm. He's basically, Shinsuke Nakamura worked a one-sided program against him pre-Survivor Series and attacked him after the fact. And then last week, Cody was pretty cutting in his room. I don't rate you and I don't respect you. And they're having their match tonight. Is this a one and done? Are they doing the Nakamura thing of leading to a, I don't know, like a no-holds-barred in a couple of weeks' time? Does, Does it stip, get a finish, all that kind of stuff? Whenever the Monday lies between Christmas and New
2: Year, there'll be a stepped up version
1: of this. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, it's Christmas, it's the holidays, whatever. Um, I think. There's I think very little
1: incentive for you to watch. It's Christmas Day on a Monday this year? I think it is. I'm sure. Cause I think Christmas Day is a Monday for you every single day. That, that is true. Christmas and birthdays, actually. But uh, I will, I'll I'll double-check because I'm sure, with the game Triple H, uh, giving the talent all the time off. They're I, back on Boxing Day. I think Christmas Day is a, like a best off. So they'll probably be setting up tonight what they can maybe pay off next week. So maybe it's Cody Nakamura 1. This week. Yeah. And get the graphics set for Cody Nakamura too next week. Uh, it's one of those where it feels destined to be. Uh, Christmas Day is a Monday, so that'll be a best of Raw. Or yeah. So.
2: It feels destined this match to be a... be weird watching Nakamura do a loud match that people are into, but that's the magic of Cody. Yeah. How much can he sustain that heat? I'll be interested. I'll be watching intently because uh, I'm paid to do so. <laughs> um, it seems destined to... Right. I don't rate you. I don't respect you. Right, so he's going to wrestle like a heel in this match, Nakamura. I reckon they could probably justify it as well for once in their bloody miserable lives, a DQ where it's like, well, I don't respect you, and mm. I don't respect you even less. But now you've really hurt me, or like embarrassed me, or tried to cheat. So I'm
1: going to kick your ass in a uh, steel steel cage. When was the last time they did a steel cage on Raw? Ah, oh, imagine that! Like the last thing he does before Rumble season, before finish the story stuff really goes into overdrive, is Cody flinging himself off with the moonsault. The last sort of, like... Yeah. Remember Jeff Hardy did that before his big Royal Rumble title match that He beat, like, Umaga or something to tie that up. And Cody gets to, like, just fly off a cage. Yeah. I,
2: That'd be nice, wasn't it? It's a way to... I thought you have to. We should
1: to <laughs> after being so uninteresting. Do we get... uh the <laughs> Shout-out to Adam Wilborn for the uh, damnist. You mentioned uh, Great Muta last week. Yeah. Do we get the uh, Three-Mist Spooter for the American Flag Mist? Does he fire that back? He's like, I've got that too, Nakamura. He could mist Nakamura himself. Uh, not with the
2: old glory mist, yeah. but with the muta mist.
1: Oh, what green mist. Green mist. He's got a green mist. Green I do mist. do like that, yeah. And that's so how...
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before
3: we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture.
1: That book ends Nakamura's year, doesn't it? Yep. There we go. L-T-S-T. Does Uh... that.
2: I, he could say, well, you know, I grew up scared of the Great Muta, but I know what he can do, mm-hmm. and he can miss Nakamura, and Nakamura can go, what to me for?
1: And then they can have another match. Cody just reveals, him like, uh, like, I've got some advice off the Great Muta, because he's here tonight. And then he reveals that he's there. Uh, inside that, I mean, that'd be magic. Yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> it?
2: Then again, the does not deserve work in professional wrestling no. in
1: 2023, as he proved in 2023. Somebody who does deserve work in wrestling in 2023, absolutely, is Becky Lynch. And tonight, she's going to call out Nia Jax. Um, again, this sort of feels very much like a nice bit of history to acknowledge and observe just to credibly fill a bit of time. Like, I, I don't know, is this Becky Lynch and Nia Jax? It's answering the criticism of. Well, now it happens at Christmas, but it, but Becky Lynch, well, Becky Lynch, has got a win. Like the the my speculation and interest in this is non kayfabe. It's I think Becky Lynch has had a fantastic year. Has she got enough magic in her to have one of those great Nia Jax matches? And I mean I can count them on one hand. I can but, we'll count them with two fingers. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. The Bailey Takeover match, I love Takeover London. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Ronda Ronda. Yeah. So like can. Can Becky become the fourth finger in, in that hand?
2: Uh maybe. I mean, on this form.
1: Yeah.
2: Like the one thing that Nia Jax is vaguely notorious and memorable and like illicit for, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um it's got potentialists. But I, I like how they've built Nia Jax up this much. I don't think they built her up this much for a December Raw lost
1: to Becky Lynch before she gets to the Rumble, but it's, I could also see that. It's weird, isn't it? Like, is, Do you think, though, they could be quite bold here and have, like, she calls her out this week and Nia's like, oh, I've already done enough damage, I don't need to fight you again. And somehow Becky twists her arm and they have the match. And let's say it's next week or the first week of the new year. Could they run an angle where Nia smashes her face and Becky might be rolled out the Rumble? And that's the sympathy you put on Becky Lynch. She's not going to make it to the Rumble because she's got a broken face. You all could over do it. that. I
2: dread to think how it would look for the side by sides. Like an actual shoot burst face. The great moment of her life. Yeah, yeah, versus like some fake retread of it. Um They could do that or they could shock the world, have Naya beat Becky. I've been doing a lot of fantasy ghetto booking of late. Yeah. Naya beats Becky. Oh Jesus Christ, she's legit. Mm-hmm. Um she could beat Rhea Ripley if they're over, having a go over Becky. Good rumble feud. Yeah, mm. and then Becky wins Elimination Chamber, redeems herself, gets to Rhea Ripley, and then they could do Becky versus Nia Jax for the belt afterwards. Not bad, yeah, not bad. Like the it's that typical Ghetto thing of oh, you might have won all of these matches, but I beat you on the weight to this run at the belt. So if anything, you know,
1: I'm the champion. The Becky Lynch character has some law there. Do you remember how she always huh? the only person she liked was Asuka. Because had beaten her before she yes. became the man and everything like that, and they kind of played on that, didn't they? Like, and then Becky beat her easily, and nobody really remembered. But the idea well, was very the rumble, nice. yeah, and it wasn't very good, it's only okay, yeah. yeah. But the idea was certainly quite nice. Um, we'll stick with the women's division and Rhea Ripley because, well, this is weird, but I think I like where it's going for uh, for for raw TV matches. Non title, Rhea Ripley versus Maxine Dupree, right? Now, a quick one on that, Anna, you're shaking your head, yeah, you yeah, I'm shaking my head, but like, that's weird. This could. This, gener- happened, this is set up last week, if I lost my mind. No, it's on .com, right? don't know, graphic. i remember nothing of this, other than, like... So Did they take the piss? I'm not taking the piss, and I don't think they are. So here's, at the moment, you've got the Judgment Day, whose biggest issue is R-Truth always getting in the bloody clubhouse, right? I haven't got anything to preview, but I can't wait to see what they give us. Uh, please serve me my slop of R-Truth in the clubhouse. But this might be my eternal Fed optimism. Maxine Dupree's... I uh, literally yawning at the prospect of this. Maxine Dupree's... Oh, God, she's learned to move. Hope spots. Generate some of the loudest reactions in the building. Have they got a near-fall in them here? Like, have they got... She's going to do, like... I'm not saying she's going to hit with a Ganzo bomb. I've learned another move, like, to go with my Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Yeah. But, like, Rhea's just going to... Ch- Hoyer about, you know, she's battered Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. She's just had, like, no trouble with these Raw TV matches. And then, like... The Judgment Day here at ringside, so uh Alpha Academy. And what this exists for is to create that tag for you. Yeah. Gable and Otis potentially eventually having a run at. They're friends with the Creeds as well, and yeah. the Creeds are number one contenders. So you've got a lot of bollocks kicking around, but ultimately it just for one second has Ray Ripley selling for like a Maxine Dupree crossbody or something
3: like you just that. One... Really,
1: you have to be really good at this. It's, it happens so infrequently where you buy it.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan and Santino Morella. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like, that's one of the... I think that might be the most impressive bit of pro... Right, up there was some of the most... Not necessarily great. Mm-hmm. It's not a card or a mega four. The most single, like, impressive... Like, how have you done that? Yeah. How'd you do it? <laughs> you have to be incredible. Like, Gunther couldn't do it against Miz for me. No, I would agree with that. Um, so you have to be awesome. How good is Rhea Ripley really? We might find out if she can do this. Um, if nothing else, right, I kind of like that dynamic. You know, if I miss Raw... My feed cuts out. and be like, oh, miss this. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. But I like when you have a star versus a geek in this weird novelty attraction because you realize how much of a star the star is. Yeah. If it's nothing else. The if graphic you, looks wrong, doesn't it? She yeah, if you put, like, it. Zoe Stark, all due respect, yeah, against Maxine Dupree, you're saying, oh, it's a mismatch. Put Rhea Ripley against Maxine Dupree. You then think, what the hell are you putting her with her for? Because she's the actual
1: star. This is weird. Yeah. I, I, like it's, so you're very generous to the Fed today. You're not generous. You're just excited. I get it. I share it. So excited. Creed's. Maybe and
2: delirious. Oh, are what, i book booking ROH. Baby, are you booking ROH? You're delirious. <laughs> you're so delirious. Yeah. <laughs> the book.
1: The, uh, was Postman Pierce booking ROH for a bit? Not a very well-regarded period, that is it? Yeah, I think I feel so. like Adam Pierce had, had the pencil for a had while. Had the pencil. In row. Um, <laughs> <When> and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of periods where it sucked. Yeah, it sucks right now, actually.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, that would say that.
1: The the um, Creeds, we'll stick with them a little bit. The Creeds have got the title shot last week, which feels early in the run, but sometimes it's just worth going for it. Like, what you do with the Creeds right now? Because, like, you could have them beat Priest and... Bala as part of the ongoing
3: dissension, like, within, within the
1: you, you, You've got like the chance of just rocket strapping a team and hoping that it works. I, I don't know. I don't know what. I didn't expect them to win it. I thought you'd have this amazing showing, and then I don't know, like Imperium or someone to get it done. But I'm quite surprised that we're already here with the Creed. And
2: they're on the cusp. They are on the cusp. Um, can you save it till Mania, or do you want to do? It all feels like it all depends on what happens with Priest and Bala. Yeah, or if
1: they can have a miscommunication. Creed's end up winning. Here's one for you. We talked about this on Wrestle Culture on Friday. So we were of the mindset then, maybe less so now, but of the mindset then that it would be Rollins and Punk at the Rumble. And Christ, who the hell wins that, you know? And then on the Rumble undercard, you do the Creed's versus Priest and Balor and the Creed's win the Bailts. And then Rollins in that match against Punk is hoisted by his own petard when Priest cashes in halfway through, like Seth did, makes it a triple threat and beats Seth for the world title. So they haven't given you Punk versus Rollins for the belt. Yeah. The Priest has become world champion on the night. The Judgment Day have lost the belt. Uh. You like for a cash-in?
2: Yeah, I don't hate that at all.
1: Here's a question. Does Punk wrestle on telly before the Rumble? I wouldn't if I was them. Yeah. I think there is joy and drama and suspense and anticipation in... What's this look like? Yeah. What color trunks is he going to pick? Like, how is that? I love how it's the
2: first thought yep. that enters, especially Punk, your
1: head. Yeah, yeah. No. Like, like, what's that? What's that going to feel like? You know, like that she whole thing. collision colors. Oh my God! Jesus Christ! Like a collision logo, but he's like, it's got CM Punk written on it now. Yeah. He's like, oh, do you like my Nitro logo? Yeah.
2: Do you like do you like WWE's intellectual property? Yes.
1: I was like as
2: so, far uh, as far back as I can recall, in <laughs> two thousand and one, uh, Titan Sports Inc. <laughs> Titan Sports Inc. bought that. That's right. I don't even
1: know if they were Titan back then, but it's a uh, it's like, still Titan. What in two thousand and one? No, they were <laughs> they were WWE. Yes, yeah, WWE. The f- I got the friggin F out. Titan was nineteen ninety nine, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Titan. I was on Titan song. Capitol. before that as well. Um he gets like uh, like everybody does now and it always looks rubbish especially when it's more than three letters. It's like lowercase p, lowercase u, uppercase n, lowercase k. Punk. But it's the N-W-O. Punk. Yeah yeah. Could everybody gets one of them, apparently. Yeah. Oh, god, no what kidding. color trunk should he wear to be CM Punk? Oh, for the well, it depends on the match, doesn't it? Like
3: the Oh my god. Oh my god.
2: Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god.
3: Oh, oh my god. Oh, my god. <laughs> oh, my god.
2: He likes to piss people off. Mm-hmm. That includes people who are like, oh, I don't believe you, you and Triple H. no. Say Seth it. Rollins thinks he's Triple H's guy. Yep. But guess he's going to win the bail at the expense of Seth Rollins, who's pretty much found himself a nice little spot on the card. Yeah, no one's saying it's bad. Yeah. It's the B-plus it's the player who, much like CM Punk in 2013 is kind of there to to lose to the real stars, Seth, mm-hmm. like Cody Rhodes and uh, CM Punk. But uh, you think you're Triple H's guy, while I'm wearing black and neon green trunks.
1: Oh, I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> like, <"I'm laughs> press the button, press the button. Oh, my God. It's, oh, my God. You know, I need to step on my own dick, because it's time to suck
2: Because it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, I'm checking my oh, watch. it. It's time to suck my dick.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine, you know, like... Oh. Uh, like, because, you know, he typically wears, like, a T-shirt or hoodie or something, doesn't he? like has got, like, a, like a uh, flat jacket. 997, 998
2: DX T-shirt. <sighs> Much like the Stone Cold one. Yeah.
1: But, like... now it says the Punker X. That... says the Punker X, but it's a straight edge X.
2: Yes. Or you could just... That 998 DX top was unbelievable. Really good. I had it. I had it. Did you? Aye. I, I, I got Austin that. 316. I think, I, from I, think, I, think I had both,
1: actually, so... Oh, fancy, Dan. And I also had... I wore it to school once under my PE kit, desperate for a teacher to be like, "Take that off!" And I it's it's blasphemous because I'd read it in Raw magazine. Ah, uh, right. I They didn't care.
2: I also hopped up on fed stuff.
1: Yeah, everyone's
2: talking about it in the in the uh, in school, <laughs> not just in the playground. It's so hot that like, you talk about it in the classroom as well. Yeah, in trig and recess, in trig and in recess, and in fact in homeroom. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, and in study hall, and in study hall. And, might, and in the lunch room, I think I've alluded to this before without ever giving away what was on it, right? And maybe if you remember, maybe I'll keep teasing it in mm-hmm. one day. It's some kind of a treat. Or some kind of like, if, if we've got a certain amount of subscribers on the YouTube podcast channel. Yeah. And maybe I'll reveal what was on. The uh, Michael Sidgwick 13-year-old uh, custom-made wrestling T-shirt that he got from Florida Print in the Metro Center. Oh, my says, God. What was written on it? What was my slogan? What was my catchphrase?
1: Can, right. I appreciate that Like this is absolutely one we need to throw to people that listen to this podcast now on X. Give us your best replies. But a few clues to help people out, because I don't know this either. Was it a favorite wrestler's catchphrase, or was it your own work? Well, Ooh.
2: maybe a wrestler had said it at some point. Uh-huh maybe i think it was like a cliche that more than one wrestler has said it's not like it's not like it's not like Citrix says suck it yeah but you know maybe it was a different way of saying Citrix says and then ah. something else like maybe maybe it was printed front and back front and back maybe have the a same way. slogan on both sides <laughs> front and back <laughs> maybe have a little uh, a little speculate I, I, wait, I don't have it anymore I wish I just kept it. I threw it away like two years later I was like what am I thinking
1: let's <laughs> <laughs> go let's go
2: I'm such a loser what am I thinking I'll tell you after this podcast yeah I'm
1: trying to think of like things that wrestlers said that weren't necessarily catchphrasing, and the one that popped in my head was like a load of wrestlers started saying that Austin was a nightmare for this and I just hated the visual where they'd say things like I'm going to stick my foot so far up your ass I'm going to break my foot off in your ass <laughs> like, that's just
2: weird I didn't realise how uh, disgusting Stomp a Mudhole was yeah. it's like I'm going to just kick you so hard on the arse oh, like that loads of your crap's going to all out
1: your feces is on my boot yeah I'm and like you don't and have
2: that. an ass anymore it's just, oh, it's, it's, your just, just, it's, your just it's just a back a hole with loads of mud on it and then some legs
1: and that ain't mud <laughs> yeah. and it ain't made of plastic
2: oh god walk oh. it dry all well, uh, oh, that crap that's so on your boots <laughs> you're just gonna go for a long walk Boots are dry now Boots are dry now you've got no ass. so
1: well done thanks JR the countryside sounds horrible <laughs> sounds awful going up on a farm mate it does I. <laughs> Uh, right, last but not least. uh um, rough. <laughs> I'm sure it's Barkersworth than his bike. In a break. Right, let's bring the hammer down on this preview. Drew McIntyre versus Jey Uso. This has happened, and I thought it was a massive disappointment. Uh, it was the War Games Advantage match. Go home, yeah. Um, That's fair. But uh, Drew had another fantastic week last week. Uh, and Jey Uso, I believe, unless I've read a lie on Twitter, has got yeet back, Sitch.
2: Uh, it did like a, a yeet yeah. wink.
1: I think we're out of the woods. Imagine that
2: being that guy, and it's just like, right, give us $250,000. Yeah, it'd be so cool, wouldn't You've it? You've got
1: it. There was a guy once, I'm sure that this one of them probably like urban legends, but it was pre internet, so nobody factored it. He was 1% of all future sales. Yeah. There was a guy that like. WWF.com? No. Domain. It, it was a, like a Nike Air-related trademark, and he just was keeping an eye on Midnight, and it's like, yes, please, and he, that's, that's him set for life, like having to sell that one bit of phrasing back to Nike yeah. or something like that. WWF.com, did somebody get that? I Have I made
2: it up? That's the person who had the domain of WWF.com, sold it for
1: $666, <laughs> and maybe I've made that up. That's it sounds right in my head, but a lot of things do. So they could have it, because back then, like, all the addresses were like, America Online forward slash superstars. Yes. Yeah. Keyword fun. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. Uh, but will this be keyword fun this time around? What are you talking about? J Uso versus Drew McIntyre. Well, uh, yeah, been... maybe. Maybe. Probably better. Drew's pretty, uh... Yes. Drew, Drew was
2: out? Drew and Jay individually were great last week. Yes. One was a bit more artful than the other for my oh. little pedantic snob tastes. Um, but they both did their version of that match incredibly well for that audience. So, together, they could probably do something a bit better. Hope it's less like one-sided. Let's establish Drew's very dominant and strong and tall. Back and
1: forth, hate-fueled stuff. That's what I would like to see. This is, to bring this back around to where this podcast started, right, this is kind of the end of... Kind of the last guys. Kind of the guys to have the Drew, Mc, so Drew McIntyre's whole. He'll turn started with Jey Uso arriving on Raw, but this is where this element of his character development ends. He win, lose, or draw. He fights Jey Uso here, yeah. and he's moving oh, on. Yeah. Like feud wise, feud wise, he's moving on to somebody else. Even though he's now just pissed off with everybody. What about if because he injured uh, KFab injured Sami Zayn last week in an act of violence, and he Ant- requested you know, time off apparently. It, Sami Zayn. Yes, that's nice how that's worked out then. But like this act of aggression, that's Drew, why they did it for the Drew McIntyre character. What about if? He does the same. Like, we've established that Punk is quite looking forward to having a catch up with his old buddy old pal Jey Uso, and then Drew McIntyre just injures him. And Punk's like, I signed for Raw to say yeet with my friend Jey Uso and put my arms up and down. And Drew's like, Is this happening again? Are you taking the piss? Like, somebody else has just got to walk in. Like, you're all going crazy for CM Punk. Like, and look what he's done, and look what I've done. I've done, you know, and like, does that bring them two closer together? Does that put like CM Punk in Drew's orbit by like. Taking out Jey Uso as an act of final, like, furious anger about what's happened over the past few months.
2: Maybe, eh? It's weird. This Drew thing's weird. They've got so many. No, well, have got two. Maybe just one. Hot baby faces who can't lose
1: much on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. Drew's like, well, what? What are his plans here? It's a bit weird. It's, Drew's a hot hand, but there's nobody else up against him right now, is there? Like, you absolutely I, have to do something with it Drew. He can't be. Yeah, has you to know, have, every year, there's that WrestleMania. Should have been on the card and wasn't. It can't be The only be
2: thing that caps my investment in this Drew character, which otherwise, he's just so awesome. Like in the ring,
1: on their microphone. Yeah. What's the big match he's going to win? I kind of see it, and it's a bit weird. There's not yet a baby face that's... You sort of worry that, cometh the hour, there'll be a free baby face. And it'll be like, you, you have Drew. Yeah, at the end of the season? Like, let's then say, it all out pretty ideally so mm. far. So I don't know. There's got to be somebody in mind, doesn't it? Well, maybe we'll see tonight, Sid. Maybe, hey, eh? or maybe it'll just be the CM Punk show, and it'll be great regardless. Uh, I never remember how to end these podcasts, so I'll just say thanks so much, much for listening, you. everyone, for joining us. Ask them as well what they think is going to happen on Raw That's tonight. The line that because yeah, well, I should care. What do you no, think do. is going to happen on Raw tonight? We love
2: our loyal, engaged listeners on X so much, so guys and everyone else that we, in a way, can't leave X, and it's your fault. Uh, yeah. Because you like the interactions. You so let so. us know what you think what's going
1: to happen on Raw. Do you know who keeps me on X sometimes? It's Hugo, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Hugo. Happy belated birthday, Hugo. Uh, so, I, If you want to follow us, if you want to engage with us, do all that stuff, they can find Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Find me at Michael Hanflit. Thank you very much for listening. All of us
2: are at What Culture WWE.
1: We are. Fingers crossed. Adam Don't be, to subscribe either, you know. Adam will want to be at his house tomorrow, so he'll probably be back. All going well. Reviews. There'll be a video podcast. Check up an update on the live one coming soon, hopefully. And until next time, we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.